0: Come together and witness a spectacle of an adult ADHD male in his natural habitat. In a world full of tigers, be a zebra, welcome to you, me and ADHD. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode three of You, Me, and ADHD. Um, I've made it here, episode three. Can't believe it! I've stuck to something for more than, you know, more than one day. So that is a big success for me. If you're, uh, if you've listened to my other ones, thank you for coming back. If this is your first time listening, check out the others. Um, hopefully, we'll notice because this is all new to me. Hopefully, we'll need to notice a progression in, in skill and things like that, so just a quick signpost really. We're going to be discussing this this time, we're going to be discussing what, how my week's been, we're going to be discussing all of my jobs, not all of them, we'll be here too long, Um, and th- go in depth with a little bit of them. Uh, a few things that bother me, we'll discuss that, a few of my kind of sensory things. I had a friend mention to me that I should because I always try and break the ice with terrible jokes. He said I should try and reel off quite a few jokes. So I think I'll uh bite the bullet and do that for him. And then the last thing we're going to talk about is sleeping, lack of sleeping and kind of sleeping patterns and what I do which people might find a little bit weird. So Uh, We'll get to that, but as I mentioned, we're going to start off with my week. It's been awful. Both of my children, my two-year-old and my three-year-old, have both been ill. Monday night, our boy ended up having to go to A&E because he woke up screaming with pains in his ears. So that was a dose of antibiotics. Um, We ended up, well, I ended up, should I say, sleeping in. Every single day last week for work, I wasn't on time once, which was embarrassing, and I just couldn't get myself out of it. Uh, fortunately, my manager is uh, aware of my situation, aware of my ADHD, and he was supportive. Also, I will point out that I am doing more hours than contracted. So, yeah, that's a that's pretty much sums up it so far. It's also been a week where I'm officially, I've received my heart monitor, Um, I've also received my letters saying that the Tritation team are going to be in touch soon, they've got everything they need, it's all good to go. Next step is just them to put me on the meds, Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Weirdly, um, I've always been one of these people to try and avoid going on to any sort of medication, So it is a big thing for me um i always didn't i never thought i would go on medication until uh, just a whole list of things started happening and um i i kind of was imploding a little bit we had a, a very unfortunate um, miscarriage which had a bigger impact on me than i expected um i've touched on these kind of things before but my um one nan died of COVID the other one then died of cancer I was there to pick up the pieces with my father um, and it all just got too much, I was working in, a, in the NHS at the time as well and everything it was right in the middle of COVID so quite a shitstorm storm of stuff really um, and it just it just really got to me I didn't think it was but obviously you can't deal with all of that and not have some sort of impact. So, I ended up going down to the doctors initially. um, They put me on antidepressants. Nothing wrong with that. Good old sertraline. Um, And then I, I started to get interested in ADHD because that's when I was struggling at work and they were telling me my attention to detail wasn't great and the GP sent me a form I filled out and it led to this, here we are. So I've always wanted to do podcasts as well in regards to just my life, my behaviours, because I do—I always just thought I was a bit of a weirdo. Uh, but turns out I'm a weirdo with ADHD, which isn't a necessarily a bad thing. So yeah, what we're going to do, we're going to move on to the next one, we're going to talk about jobs my jobs, getting fired, interviews, things like that. And we'll go from there, we'll get more of a little bit of a look into my life. So, jobs is a really big one for me. I've had a lot of jobs, and I mean a lot of jobs. I washed dishes, I waited tables, I was assistant manager in a restaurant, I worked as an estate agent, I worked in a call centre. Numerous times I worked at a hospital, I worked for car companies and I currently work in a car company, a new one. Um, there are reasons why I've had so many jobs. There's also reasons why I've lost a couple. Uh, but I kind of want to touch base on all of these things because I think they're really important and something I really didn't realise was a massive ADHD trait which was getting bored in the workplace. So up until I was kind of in my late twenties I genuinely just wanted to progress, I didn't do well in school. I didn't do any of that, I didn't pay attention, and that is why I f- didn't get a good grade, I'm not going to lie, I was a shit. Uh, so then, my first job was uh, washing, actually, I was peeling potatoes in the back of a chip shop, um, which was fun, but it was I was very young and just a knobhead, so I just messed about it. Didn't take it seriously, it was on the coast, so it was seasonal. And then I left and I went and I bought, became a, a underwater ceramic technician, aka a dishwasher at the pier in Cromer. Which was fun, you know, it kind of got me into the working life properly, I still messed about a lot. At this point I was kind of just turned 18, I was like getting drunk all the time just being Larry, and uh, coming into work stupidly hungover, washing dishes, just not not fit for work. I did enjoy it though. I always remember once the uh, manager told me a story about when he, he was quite a heavy set gentleman, as am I, but he uh, told me the story about a time when he took some food over to a customer's table. And he said, uh, "I'm I'm sorry for the wait." And they said, "Don't worry, you'll lose it." I just thought that was brilliant. I thought rude, but brilliant. And um, I went from there washing dishes. I really loved working dealing with people. I being on my own out the back, I couldn't cope with. So um, I wanted to progress, but I had a lot of tattoos already, and they wouldn't let me work out the front. So I changed jobs. I became a waiter at a hotel uh, that was quite good but seasonal and I messed about it and I called in sick a lot so then that changed and then I learned to drive, I used that time specifically to learn to drive, it cost all of my wages every week but I did it and then I got a job slightly further away but more permanent and I was there for a few years and it was great it just got to the point where I knew I could do more I was great with talking to customers upselling all of these things so I thought what can I do what can I do that has all of these things estate agency so I applied for every estate agency job under the sun every single one of them turned me down I didn't have enough admin experience so I asked my manager if I could volunteer in reception once a week on my day off and just get some experience, and he said yes, so I did that, I got sick of, I was always quite tame, quite timid in um <coughs> in job interviews, people always say I'm too laid back, weirdly, even though I've got ADHD, they always say I'm too laid back, so in this last job interview I went for, I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to be a dickhead, I'm going to be everything I'm not. And I remember I walked in there head held high, confident, sat down, every question, bossed it. He got to my GCSEs and he said, it does concern me, your GCSEs, your grades. I said, look, we know the position I'm going for, which is a trainee. So you could get someone fresh out of university that studied science, biology, business, doesn't matter. In this industry. We're both starting on the same platform. We're both gonna have the same we're gonna have the same starting point. The only difference being is that I want it more than him. So I'm gonna perform better. And he kinda looked at me and said, Okay, I see where you're coming from. I said, Look, you shouldn't judge people on that because one day I'll be sitting where you're sitting He said, There's already someone here, Daryl and I said, Well stand up and I'll take your seat And I always remember he looked at the other guy he was interviewing me with and they kind of had this look and I left and I rang him every day for a week. He wasn't answering. Eventually answered, said he was on holiday (coughs) and I'd got the job. Shortly after, I changed jobs again literally within two months. I went to a different estate agent that was closer to home because this one was two and a half hours drive but I wanted to get my foot in the door. So I did. And then I stayed at this other estate agent's until I met my wonderful wife uh, at that time. Girlfriend, obviously. That would have been a bit soon. (coughs) But, um, yeah, so then uh, I stayed there, was there, and then I got a job in Cambridge as an estate agent because I moved in with my partner. And that did not go well. I think I was there for maybe a week or two and I just I just moved I had so much going on in my head I couldn't function couldn't focus everything was a little bit chaotic and I always remember um, I just didn't have the right mindset and um, I didn't like them they used to joke they used to say bants all the time and they were quite old so it didn't just didn't sit right with me so I thought okay I'll keep pushing and then eventually they called me up to their office, uh, told me that it wasn't working. I I didn't jail. That was what they said. I didn't jail, um, and to hand over my key. And because I was in probation, I they didn't have to give me notice. I could just leave. And I always remember, I never been fired before. I went outside, sat in my car, I cried we just moved into our new place, things were just looking up, and I got fired. I cried in my car, reversed, caught the front wing on a a lamppost, dented that, drove back, told my girlfriend, my partner at the time, who's now my wife, what had happened, and she was very supportive. Uh, Then I needed a job quick, so I got a job at Booking.com, which was diabolical, honestly one of the worst places I have ever worked. They time. You've got a time limit for how long you go to the toilet for, and if you're longer than you're supposed to be, you have to tell them why. So there were plenty of times when I'd come back from the toilet, I'd taken over my set time and I told them I had a massive shit and uh, just watched them get uncomfortable. They kind of bribed you in, but... Yeah, I got put on uh, performance management because, again, I was missing attention to detail, wasn't performing as as well as they wanted me to, but I just I carried on. My customer service was always exceptional, but that wasn't good enough for them. So my wife recommended that I get a job at the hospital, this being because she'd always worked at the hospital and it was safe, so I did, I got a job there, and um, within three months I was a manager of the admin team, but it was tough, it was not nice, I de- dealt with oncology patients and it was too much, I, I didn't think about my mentality, and I really struggled with it, after about a year and a half I got put on performance management again, you know, uh, things that I genuinely couldn't help, again, attention to detail, getting distracted, going away from my desk more than I should, things like that, and it was so difficult, and I always remember this really uh, uncomfortable, so So I I didn't want to worry my wife, so I started applying for jobs, um, you know, as you do, just sending out the CV, seeing what I hit, and I got um, offered a job interview but it was during work hours and I I still didn't want to worry my wife, so I said, okay, I'm just going to go. If it goes well, obviously I'll tell her, but, you know, I don't want to kind of, any extra pressure. I also don't want to make her feel like I'm going to lose my job again. So, I went to the job interview in her car, got a parking ticket at the place because I didn't sign it in. And then, um it come through the post and my wife seen a letter that was sent uh, when I was meant to be at work and I was somewhere else which was a really stupid thing to do and it looked really dodgy but it opened up the conversation of where I was at mentally and she was extremely supportive she was angry at first but she was extremely supportive she knew where I was at and that I didn't want to be there anymore So that's when I got a job at Audi, that's A-U-D-I, not A-L-D-I, the car place, and I loved it. Then we moved to Norwich. I was wanting to commute, but the traffic just was awful. And the amount of times in my head, I was like, am I ever going to really be good at anything? Am I good at anything? Clearly, the only thing I am really good at is fucking job interviews, because I get most of the ones I apply for. I just can't keep them. I loved working Friday but I never seen my family and I, it was a balance, I wasn't going to compromise. So I got a job closer to home for Mitsubishi and that was terrible. Again, they fired me. They pulled me aside, I had slept in one day and they pulled me aside and they said, it's not working out, you don't gel, uh, you, your attention to detail is terrible, you, know, you don't pay attention Again, heartbroken, we just moved again, with two children this time, my wife wasn't working because she's uh, on maternity leave and it was heartbreaking, it really put me in a bad place. But within a few weeks I had another job at Ford, and that's where I am now, and I'll be honest, I absolutely love it, the people I work with are incredible, you know, even the owner and things, they are supportive when I need them to be. So. I'm really grateful for that and it's going really well. I passed my probation. They're aware of my situation now. I've been diagnosed with ADHD and uh, onwards and upwards in that sense. So, yeah, we'll move on to a few things that really get on my nerves. That really get on my nerves. I think this is a big one for people with ADHD. So, this is. Probably one of the most kind of uh, standout things for me, and these are things that really, really irritate me. I'm not talking annoy me or just get on my nerves a little bit. I mean, these are things that really, for no reason whatsoever, just really f- piss me off. Uh, the most, the most common one, people that I can't hide, that is obvious, is people chewing and eating and slurping and breathing and anything mouth-related. If I'm sitting at a table and I can hear another person eat or drink or breathe through their nose too heavy while we're eating, I have to play music. I can't... I don't know why. I've just always done it. And and it's not just like, oh, that's a bit annoying. It's like, I am gonna walk out of this house in a minute. It's that infuriating, and I've had it since I was a child since uh since I was very young. I always remember every Christmas I play music because I can't stand listening to everyone eat around the table. I know who not to sit next to in advance because I've investigated not I wouldn't like I wouldn't say investigated I didn't take everyone out for dinner first assess who's a noisy eater, that's a good idea though, I think that's one way of getting around it, if we all have dinner first and we have it like like Britain's Got Talent but we can knock out the people that are the noisiest, put them furthest away at the table, I think I've got this Christmas sorted, so anyway, we'll do that I think, so that's that's the main thing. I've always done it, and I I've made my I've actually made my wife quite upset before when I've commented on it and made her feel really uncomfortable about eating. And I didn't mean to even say it, but it's like a, a kettle. I just boil and boil and boil until eventually I boil over, uh, and she, I'm kind of I can kind of block out my wife and family eating. now, apart from my father and my stepfather, they're both awfully lied. Our two children are as well when they eat an apple or anything, which also sometimes my wife will bring an apple up to bed while I'm trying to sleep and it is, it is unforgivable. Another thing is something I noticed I do that that is really weird is if I ever make a sandwich or toast or anything like that, the bread has to be buttered to the corners. We ain't, we ain't barbarians here, we are gonna butter the bread properly. If I use cheese it has to be cut perfectly to fill that rectangle, same as ham, anything, it has to be fit perfectly, it can't just be chucked in there, no it can't, this isn't the hills have eyes, we don't just chop shit up and eat it, it has to be done properly the last one I want to mention, and it's probably actually, now I think about it, it it's probably the one where I feel like I could do the most harm to somebody. And that is, when you're driving along and you get to a narrow road and you pull to the side to let someone pass, even though you're the one that pulled over, you still put your hand up and you say, as if, acknowledgement, thank you, even though you pulled over when they don't thank you back there is a special place in hell for these people and if you don't thank people when they let you past make yourself known I'd like to know who you are because you need educating on that road etiquette is a thing that's kind of the main one that chewing and the, the bread sandwich artistry I would say for example, even if I'm at Subway and I see that my, uh, if I see they're just chucking stuff in. Sorry, my cat is shaking its head next to me. Are you not, are you not happy with this or something? That's what that bell was. It wasn't just my wife saying, dinner's ready. Not that she sounds like the queen. God rest her soul. Uh, not that she sounds like that. Um, but yeah, it was the cat. Um. yeah, more than one person talking to me at the same time absolutely goes through me I cannot focus on I can barely focus on one person never mind two people at the same time so another thing which isn't really related it's not a sensory thing he just really angers me and that's Blippy. I just cannot stand I cannot stand blippy. I just he infuriates me I despise the man and my children enjoy his show, but I, I honestly, it's just his, is annoying. Oh, hey, I'm Blippi. How are you? <laughs> oh, oh, it goes right through me. My son will be watching it and I'll be sat there insulting Mr. Blippi as he watches it. I think that's enough negativity. I think what we're going to do, we're going to move on to something slightly more positive. And as a friend requested, I want to run off some jokes. They're terrible jokes. But you know what? It's only going to be four or five, maybe quick one liners or two liners, whatever. Eyeliners, I don't care. We're just going to run some off. Uh, and I can say to him, I did that for you. So if I ever die, he's always got that momentum. Moving on so a big one here for a lot of people jokes I am a father with ADHD so my dad jokes are on point I'm just going to cut to the chase I'm going to reel off a few back to back enjoy which Spice Girl can carry the most petrol? Jerry can. (coughs) What's he T-Short for? Because he's got little legs. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. (laughs) What do you call a Spanish man that just got out of hospital? Manuel. That one's a particular favourite of mine. Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Why did the chewing gum cross the road? Because it was stuck to the chicken's foot. And lastly, why did the Dairy Queen get pregnant? Because the Burger King forgot to wrap his Whopper. We're going to start drawing this to a close now, we're going to go over one last topic, which is sleeping, or lack of. I've got a weird uh, a weird sleep thing, which a lot of people, I, I always thought was a bit weird until I kind of looked into it, but when I go to sleep every night, I have to think about something that's so unrealistic so as I can take myself out of my kind of normal day life and it's what helps me sleep that's normal I hear you say but for me it's always been a zombie apocalypse everyone's got a zombie apocalypse plan I'm not going to go over my now. that'll probably be a whole podcast but everyone has it and every night I used to think about this to help me sleep a zombie apocalypse or a war now I also used to kind of judge how happy I was based on that because if I I'll give you an example with my ex this is gonna sound so petty but it makes a it's a big deal for me I never seen her in the zombie apocalypse as I went to sleep. It was always just me. When nigh. it's me, my wife and my children. And our cat. Unfortunately, I can't bring the fish. I wouldn't. They'd have to go. I think they'd be alright though. But that's the main thing that I do to help fall asleep. I have to think about something so absurd that it just stops me thinking about anything normal also waking up in the night I love this is also very weird I love having nightmares I love the adrenaline of having a nightmare so when I wake up absolutely terrified at the time I'm like that's awful but then afterwards I'm like that was quite fun. There was only one time I had uh, real bad sleep paralysis and I tell you now it was one of the most horrendous things I've ever had in my life. I was laying in bed and I heard the bedroom door just creak open and I looked up and about six or seven cloaked figures come into the room. Some of them grabbed my ankles, some of them grabbed my hands I thought, "Oh, hello!" No, I didn't. I tried to call for my wife to wake up, but I couldn't scream. It was like I was drowning, and I was trying to move, but I couldn't move a muscle. And I was a hundred percent certain I was awake. Nothing was going to change my mind. I was trying to scream and move, but they were pinning me down. All of a sudden, I wake up, sweating, shaking. Terrified. Look over at my wife, put my hand on her, realise I'm awake, take a breath, and lay down. The second I shut my eyes, goes the door. And in they come again, the bastards. I don't know how they got in. The door was locked, I'm sure of it downstairs, but they got in. Same thing again, happened but for longer this time. I always just remember waking up and I was so scared. But then the next day I was like, that, went, that was quite fun actually. Maybe that is a bit weird, but I like the thrill of it. The thr- thrill of it. And um, yeah, if anyone else has any kind of similar things, please let me know. As mentioned before, go on my Instagram go on my uh, go on my instagram or go on my tiktok you can catch me on insta insta my instagram is a d h d a d thirty one and as mentioned previously my tiktok my tiktok is a d h d a d two unfortunately they had to be different the name was taken on on tiktok but You know, what can we do? So now we're going to end as we always do with some quotes. Live, laugh, love quotes. And then we will finish. Okay everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you all for joining me again I'll see you again in two weeks but until then take only memories leave only footprints there are no shortcuts to any place worth going never measure the height of the mountain until you reach the top then you'll see how low it was that's fucking awful anyway see you all in two weeks